Good evening, everybody. Happy Sunday service, October 23rd, 2023. Welcome back to the show, Cody Barton. He's been gone for a couple of weeks because I was gone for a couple of weeks prior to that. So uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We are going to talk about a few things, okay? Number one, I had this great uh, question that popped up in my DMs here shortly, and we'll get into paperwork and sub two and seller finance stuff here shortly. But I had a qu question that popped up. Pace, I've got a deal. I want to close it via sub two. Do you help negotiate those deals and finance those deals? So Gian Lasher, if you are in here, the answer is, do I help negotiate those deals? A couple of years ago, I used to. I used to spend a lot of time negotiating deals for people, um, but that was before I built a community. I built a community of other people, thousands of them, in fact, called the Sub2 community, that they will help you negotiate a deal as long as they can participate and, and be part of that deal with you. So I did an amazing YouTube video a couple of weeks ago with Cody. I, I think Cody was in here. Let me just double check. Um, Cody, you remember that video I said, how did J a JB with sub two students? You were here for that, right? I remember you talking about it. I mean, but you talk about it a lot because it is su super helpful for people to do, but I don't know. It feels very familiar. Yeah, I just did it. It was Sunday service maybe a month ago. So if you type it, you go to YouTube channel, you don't even have to go to the YouTube channel. This is how, how easy it is for people that are watching this in the future or even right now. Um, it is very, very interesting how people come to me and say, will you negotiate uh, a deal for me? And I'll tell you why the answer is no. Um, oh, there we are. Boom. Okay, so let's go to Pace Morby, JV, sub, uh, JV students. Okay, I could type this in a hundred different ways. Here you go. It's right here. I'm wearing a cowboy hat. I think you probably would have remembered that. Or joint <laughs> venture. Okay. Guess what? Same video pops up. Okay. So how to joint venture with sub two students is a huge one. And I'm actually going to click on this today. I'm going to share this with you guys today because it is very powerful. I will not negotiate on a deal for you unless I am the buyer. Okay. And chances are, if you're trying to do the deal yourself, you probably don't want me to be the buyer. Okay, so here is the link. How to joint venture with sub two students. There is no doubt we have the greatest community on the planet, people that will help you. Now, how do I find these students? That's an even better question that we've already answered. That question is answered by going to the free Facebook group. It's called Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. All right, so you need somebody to call your sellers for you. You need somebody to negotiate with your sellers. You need somebody to be a buyer or even a lender for you. 100% you need to go to our free Facebook group, okay? That free Facebook group can be found. I will then do this one for you guys as well. I will Google search this so you guys can find it the exact same way. It's amazing what a Google search can do for you, okay? Um, Google, let's go here. Um, let's go Pace Morby. Facebook group. It's a highly sought after. Oh, there you go. It's right at the very top. Creative real estate with Pace Morby. Oh, the team changed it. That's interesting. Um, creative real estate with Pace Morby. 63,000 members. It is private. So you guys need to jump in there. It is free, but you do need to jump in there. They're going to ask you questions. 
Okay. And you're going to ask, you're going to be bothered because we're going to ask you for your emails and you're going to be like, Oh, I don't want to give you my email. Then what you're going to do is you're going to DM me in two weeks and go pace. I'm still waiting for you to let me into your Facebook group. And I'll say, did you not give us your email? And you go, no, I didn't. Okay. There, there you go. My team wants your email. All right. We don't sell you anything in this group at all, but we do like having your email so we can email you when we have meetups. We email you when we have a uh, Sunday service. We email you a newsletter once a week, those types of things. My team wants to stay in contact with you. So if you don't have your email attached to your, when, when you join, you're not going to be able to get in. Okay. When you go in here, okay, this is something that I've always tried to do. I always tried to have about 10% of the people in this Facebook group are students of mine. 90% of people in this group are not students or mine. They've never paid me a penny for anything. Why is that important? It's important because I want to make sure for every sub two student I have, any, every student that's joined my community, which is in a private paid Facebook group, those people are highly trained. Okay, let me, let me give you guys a little bit of a, uh, some information here. Okay, another, another screen share. Cody, I don't need you here if you want to take off. Um, not that I don't love Cody, but him, he, a lot of times he'll, um, he'll do Sunday service for me and, um, let me travel and do things and whatever else. So tonight, um, I texted him too late. I should have told him a lot earlier. Okay. So check this out. If I show you guys my calendar that I do for the sub two students alone, I'm going to tell you guys why working with my sub two students is so powerful is because they have this much training on a weekly basis. Check this out. Here's my calendar. Bada bing, bada boom. Everything in green is a student Zoom. These are student Zooms, literally every single day, okay? The only ones that are not student Zooms are right here, Wholesale Hotline and Sunday Service. Those two are the only things that are community-wide. Here's what my students get every single Monday through Friday. 5 a.m. East Coast time, or East Coast Daily Dial. 7 a.m. West Coast Daily Dial. What is that for? That is role-playing, networking, finding private money lenders live. That is happening four hours every single Monday through Friday. Okay, why do we have so much support there? Because when people go, Pace, I need somebody to call a seller. Great, have one of the leaders, have one of the closers call your sellers for you. Where do I find those closers? Where do I find those sellers, Pace, or those students, Pace? Right here, every Monday through Friday, Four hours in the morning before your day even starts, you have people to network with, work deals, underwrite deals, look at your deals, fund your deals, all of that kind of stuff in our private vetted sub two community. Okay, so if you are a if you're somebody that's going to work with a student, this is guys, this is one week of training. Okay, so that's daily dial, role playing, deal working, underwriting, etc. Tomorrow, my wife. We'll work um, on, we call it Money Monday with Laura Morby for three hours. My wife comes in, she underwrites deals. She shows people how to bird dog. Um, she comps deals for people. She tells people about, and actually will live postpone a foreclosure. That happens on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Mondays with my wife. Then I will hang out with the new students on Monday night, right after Wholesale Hotline. I will do a five-hour Q&A myself on Tuesday night. Wednesday, my team comes in. Um, Allison and Molly, my team, and we do something called pace studies where we break down a real deal, show the paperwork, which we'll get into today. We show the paperwork. We show um, how things work on real life transactions. 
some of these deals, 95% of them will close, but 5% of these deals that we show and, and showcase on Wednesdays don't close because something happens in a live transaction that we have to end up canceling the contract for whatever reason. That happens Wednesdays. Okay, then my partner Cody comes in on Thursdays and does lead generation with Cody. Okay, then on Fridays, I usually do a special Zoom with a special guest talking about a special topic, whole life insurance policies, um, 401ks. I'll bring in PCS. I'll bring in uh, social media experts showing people how to brand themselves. Then Saturday morning, I myself get up at 5 a.m. I'm up way before that, but I'm from 5 o'clock to 7 a.m. I do creative finance strategies every Saturday morning as long as I'm not traveling and speaking. Then we do transaction coordination, paperwork training, and then Elena Tang comes in and does mindset. Okay, today was Sunday. So you guys can see I did four hour Q&A this Sunday, literally every single day for sub two students. Literally every day as a sub two student, you have high level training every day. And guess how long that training goes? It goes until I have a heart attack, basically, okay? So if you are somebody coming in and DMing me and saying, Pace, will you call my seller? Guys, I built a community of people that will call the sellers for you. I built a community of people that will negotiate those deals and work with you. And specifically, you want to get sub two paperwork, seller finance paperwork, novation agreement paperwork, lease option paperwork, wholesale paperwork. You want to get all of the paperwork, JV paperwork then work with my students. I will never give the paperwork away because you need to be trained on the paperwork before I hand it out to you, okay? Make sure that you guys are working with my students. Do not DM me and say, Pace, will you call my seller? Unless you have watched a video about my buy box, okay? If you guys go back to the video, uh, Pace Morby Joint Venture, Pace Morby JV with students, in the very beginning, 20 minutes, I give you guys exactly what I am looking for. So if it fits in that buy box, then send me a DM and go, I have a deal that fits your buy box. I would be open to selling this deal to you if you could help me negotiate with the seller. Then all day long, I will help you out. Otherwise, if it's not in my buy box, you need to go and work with my students and have them negotiate with your, your seller. Have them help you raise capital. Partner with them on the deal. Assign deals to them. Sell them the, the, the lead, for heaven's sakes. Okay. Whatever you got to do, okay? Do not DM me and say, Pace, will you call my sellers? Not because I don't want to. The problem is because I do want to. I genuinely want to call your sellers. It's what I used to do for years and years and years. But unfortunately, what got us here, okay, what I had to do to get us to this point will not get us to the next point. And one of those things that I had to let go of was negotiating and being on the phone with sellers every single day. I probably spend three hours a week, maybe, on the phone with sellers on a weekly basis, but those are for other students or other deals that I am actively doing. This week, for example, Molly, um, my operations manager, business manager, she will be getting on a Zoom with a student walking through, not just a student, a student, a seller, and an agent walking through the sub two paperwork. That will be done live for my sub two students. I will then jump into that Zoom, overcome any objections the seller has. I record everything on Zoom so I can give it to my students. So go and work with the sub two students. That is the answer, okay? Um, what's the link for the buy box video? It is the same video as Pace Morby Joint Venture. Type in Pace Morby Joint Venture. You will see in the very beginning of that video, okay? Um, you will see 
in the very beginning of that video for the first 20 minutes or so, I actually broke it down. So check it out. I've also done videos about this, but people very, it's so interesting how many people come into my DMs and go ask me questions. I go, did you know I have a YouTube channel? They go, oh, I had no idea. I was at a bigger pockets conference the other day. And um, this girl comes into our training and I go, who'd you come here to see? Jerry, Jamil, Brent, or me? And she's like, you. I go, cool. So you watch my YouTube channel. She goes, no. Oh, you have a YouTube channel? I'm like, what? Yeah. We, look at the, check this out, guys. By the way, thank you so much. We've got 100,000 subscribers coming up this week. So thank you so much. That's a major, major, major milestone for us. I really freaking appreciate it. So check it out. You've got Pace Morby Joint Venture. Commonly searched. Here's the video. At the very beginning, I give you guys, let's go through. I think I do. A, here's a whiteboard video. I tell you what deals I bought this year. I tell you where I bought them. I break down like where I'm buying, why I'm buying them, et cetera. And then I bring in, actually brought in a special guest, one of my students, Eddie Charger, and we talk about how to joint venture and find sub two students, okay? Eddie Charger is one of my students in Atlanta, Georgia, okay? So there you go. Pace Morby joint venture in the very first 25, maybe there you go. First 25 minutes of the video, 25 minutes, I break down my buy box very, very specifically so you guys have access to that, all right? So there you go. All right, so let's get into uh, creative finance paperwork and we, we want to jump through. And if you guys have questions in the side chat, please let me know. Um, today, it took me only 15 minutes to warm up and give you guys all the things, okay? Ooh, Nathan says, I have 15 days left in my 1031 exchange and haven't found a deal. I've teamed up with two sub two students and still nothing yet. I have 56,000 to work with. If I can't find a deal in time, what would you do? Um, is it, it sounds like probably a single family deal. Okay. It means you don't know enough people. Okay. You need to make sure that you are, no, he can't lend it out, Jasper. That's not how it works with a 1031 exchange. 1031 exchange means he needs to identify and purchase another property. So Nathan, um, give me a little bit more information. Is it a single family home? Is it a multifamily thing? Because you have to 1031 into like for like, okay? Uh, it doesn't matter where, but uh, Nathan, I imagine at this point, you probably don't really care where it is. Um, you probably just care that you can get a single family or a multifamily deal to roll your money into, all right? Um, can only see Cody's chat messages. All right, cool. Cody's gone, by the way, guys. Um, Mark says, all real estate is like for like. Mm, okay, interesting. All real estate is not like for like. Um, I, I, I've done 1031 exchanges on single family to multifamily. And I've gotten slapped on the wrist for it, okay? So uh, it doesn't work that way. And people need to understand that when you're, when you sell a multifamily property, you can't 1031 you have to 1031 exchange into specific stuff. That's a good one. I should bring in my 1031 exchange guy and go through the 1031 exchange laws because a lot of people have that wrong. Great, great point. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I can't wait. I think we should definitely do that. Olu, any meetups in the Bay area? Yep. You should definitely reach out to sub two students. Okay. Um, Pace, can you give talk to us about relationships? I was on Zoom this morning. Kidding. I just love what you are doing for us sub two. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Now, when you guys are doing paperwork in sub two, 
Okay, I'm not going to just talk about sub two paperwork. I'm going to talk about all sorts of amazing things. Um, sub two is one type of transaction in creative finance. So let's talk about this. I can, I'm going to have um, sub two, what most people know me for, seller finance. Okay. And then you've got lease options. You've got novation agreements. Okay, you've got dating contracts. A lot of people don't know about dating contracts. I've not talked to anybody about these except for my sub two students. Not even YouTube really knows about them. You've got Morby method. Okay, and then you've got cash transactions on the front end. So I can buy a deal with cash. Okay, sub two, seller finance, lease options, novation agreements, Morby method, cash transactions. Let me see. I think that should be it, but let's just go through my Miro board real quick and just make sure. I feel like I'm not missing anything, but let's just be safe. All right. Let's do a little screen share for you guys. Oh, Miro wants me to sign up. All right. Got it. Thank you, Miro. Appreciate you. Let's go. Come on. All right, here we go. Miro board. This one's going to be really good, by the way. I've got this acquisition infographic and a couple of other ones that I'm building. So if you guys want to see the whole flow of how to acquire a deal, um, I've built out an entire infographic of this stuff, step-by-step, step, how to find an opportunity, what tools you need to do, what actions you need to take, et cetera all the way until you get a contract, get the contract under contract. Um, I'm going to be doing that in the next elephant challenge. So go to pacegives.com. And in the next elephant challenge, I'm going to be talking about um, the flow chart of wholesale deals. All right, go away. All right, so here you go. Here's all the acquisition strategies. Ooh, I did miss a couple. Okay, so we've got cash, sub two, seller finance, Hybrid. There we go. There's the one that I missed. Hybrid and executory contracts are the ones that I missed here. So let's go through those real quick. Okay. Hybrid and sub two. So sub two, seller finance, lease options, novation agreements, dating contracts, Morby method, eight would be hybrid. Okay. Hybrid is a part sub two, part seller finance. Okay. Nine is executory contracts. Man, that one's a hot one. That one, that one you can use so frequently. That one's really important. You guys definitely need to know about that. Okay, then we've got lease options, novation agreements, short sale, dating contract. These are my acquisition strategies right here, okay? So these are all my acquisition strategies. Cash, sub two, seller finance, hybrid, executory contract, lease options, novation agreements, short sales, Morby method, and dating contracts, okay? So once you guys actually pull escrow, these are all the ways that you can exit on these deals. These are all the exit strategies. I can wholesale, fix and flip, retail, develop, okay? All of these amazing, these are exit strategies over here, all right? There are so many different ways you can do creative finance. What's fun is for the people that are wholesalers, here's, here's what you guys can do. Cash. 
see how much more powerful creative finance is right now, especially in this current climate. Look at all these strategies I can use in creative finance to acquire a deal. And meanwhile, wholesalers out here being like, yo, let me lowball you 50 cents on the dollar to every seller. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, and then look at all these exit strategies. All these wholesalers like, uh, let me let me wholesale a deal to a fix and flipper. There are so many opportunities in creative finance for you to, to wrap a, a deal, create a note, um, become the lender. All of these amazing creative finance option opportunities are plentiful. Okay. In a cash transaction, there's very little that you can actually do. Okay. Very, very little. Um, uh, can you talk about the upcoming meetup on Salem on the 30th? Um, yes. Um, ambassador, where can I find this acquisition chart? The acquisition chart is private for sub two students only. So sorry. Um, Munif says I'm offering 30 cents on the dollar. I love that. It's great. It's probably appropriate to be honest. Okay. Um, all right. I love this. Who signs your contracts for your deals to keep your anonymity on your LLCs? Love it. So let's, let's go through that for a moment. Okay, so Mike LaHay, LaHay, LaHonai, LaHay, LaHay, that's gotta be it. Mike LaHay. Who signs my contracts? Okay, so when I sign a contract, first and foremost, when I sign a contract with a seller, so here's a seller, here's their house, here's me, I've worked out an agreement with them and there's this piece of paper called a PSA. Okay, so this piece of paper called a PSA, a Purchase and Sale Agreement, this contract, I'll name it a C, is what he's talking about. So Mike is saying, who signs your contracts to keep the anonymity for your LLC? So first and foremost, I think your question, Mike, is actually improperly asked, which is perfectly fine. Let me set you straight. Your question really is, who's signing your closing documents and your final transaction documents with the title company? Because what ends up happening is, who cares what happens on this contract? This contract never becomes public. Nobody is aware of this, okay, publicly. Okay, so first and foremost, my company, here's how we set up my company. My company, for those of you guys that don't have LLCs, we use a company called uh, Prime Corporate Services. Their website is startwithprime.com. So startwithprime.com, I have a, an LLC that is a holding company. It literally is a holding company. It's actually called blank, blank, blank holding LLC. Okay, that LLC holds multiple other LLCs. Okay, one of those LLCs is my wholesale LLC. Actually, I have a way better description of this. I have a I have a mirror board for this too. Let me pull up my mirror board for that and um, can show you kind of where that that LLC sits. Um, all right, where is it? Company organization chart modified September twelfth. No, that's not it. Okay, cool. All right, here's a simple, simplified version of, of my um, organization chart for my LLCs, okay? For you guys to understand this. I have a 12-hour training on this specifically for my sub-two students, but let me just break down the basics of this. So here's my holding company, okay? Saguaro Cactus Holdings, LLC. I then have so many different LLCs on this level, but don't worry about that. I My wholesale company which is called Sell Easy AZ LLC, 
owns, okay, and this is why this this owns American Home Offers is because American Home Offers is a company that Cody and I own together. So 50% of that is owned by Sell Easy, which is my company, 100%. The other company, America Home Offers, Cody owns 50% in his LLC, which is over here, which it's not on this, this thing. Um, this is an outdated um, LLC structure, which is perfectly fine. But American Home Offers is where we sign our contracts. Guess what? I have officers or employees that work for American Home Offers that sign my documents for me, okay? So if I, um, or you could even have an attorney or um, somebody else sign your documents for you, but I have, just in case, which is pretty rare, I have my, like Molly or Allison or Tony or Heidi, one of those four women will sign my contracts for me, sign my documents for me. Okay, so my name never actually appears on anything. However, let's be really clear. When you're doing wholesale, this contract right here, when you're buying a deal, doesn't even matter if it's wholesale. It could be a Burr deal, a creative finance deal, or whatever, any of that kind of stuff, okay? You need to make sure. Oh, yeah, I, I, do own, I think I do own part of Chai Tea LLC. That's right. That's the one that we own together, Munif. Is that correct? Okay, so this contract never becomes public. Um, this you'll, this contract will never show up on public record ever, nowhere. Okay, so you need to understand that first and foremost. So I think that's why, Mike. I think your question really is: it's not about the contract and who signs the contract with the seller. It's when I take this contract, okay, and I open escrow. So this is what this means. So here's the seller. Here's me. Seller's the owner. I'm buying this house. We get a contract between the two of each other that says, I'm going to buy the house sub two with $2,000 out of my pocket. Seller gets the $2,000. We write all this stuff on a contract. Okay. This contract, where does it go? It actually goes to a title company. Okay. And the title company then takes the instructions from this contract and they put together a transaction. The start of that transaction is called opening escrow. Okay. So the beginning of a transaction is opening escrow. It means we've started the transaction. Think about this when you guys go to the grocery store. Okay. When you go to the grocery store, the um, lady, the bagger, right? Or the cashier, her job is to go through your cart and make sure that you've gotten everything there. She's checking everything. She's verifying everything. She's making sure before she rings you out that you have everything out in the open. You're fully aware of what you're buying. Okay, that's called an escrow officer. That's what escrow officers do. They look at your transaction. They look at your contract. They communicate with the seller. They communicate with the bank. They communicate with the buyer. They make sure everybody's on the same page and they make sure everybody knows what, the, what transaction is going on. That's what an escrow officer does, okay? Escrow officer looks at all that kind of stuff. They then ring up the total or the, the, the um, cashier. They ring up the total and they go, all right, Mr. Morby, that'll be $5,000, okay? Well, then I got to come out of my pocket with money and I pay them the money, they give me a receipt, they hand me the, the groceries, and I am now the owner of those groceries, and I have a receipt proving it. They have my money, they finalize the transaction. That is the escrow process, okay? So we call this, starting the transaction would be putting, basically putting my groceries on the conveyor belt, okay? That's beginning of the transaction. 
And then when I get my receipt and I actually take ownership, that is closing escrow, okay? Closing escrow. Wow, my spelling is atrocious. Okay, that's called closing escrow. I get the receipt or in real estate, it's I get the deed, okay? There you go. So that is the escrow process, okay? The contract that you signed with the seller never goes and gets recorded at the public, um, public level, okay? Nobody ever sees that. So you don't need to worry about signing contracts, okay? I don't need to get in, I don't need to sign contracts and they don't go on, on record. What does go on record is the receipt of real estate, okay? So what is the receipt of real estate? That is the deed, okay? Final closing documents don't even go on record, okay? The, the main thing that goes on record is the deed, okay? The deed of trust, okay? The promissory note or the, the note, okay? Basically, the, the new owner and the structure of that ownership, okay? It's the same thing, okay? David says, is it the same in California when you talk about title? It sounds like stuff our escrow is doing. Yes, 100%. Every single state is 100% percent the exact same. Okay. 100% the exact same. I kind of happened into sub two. Is it difficult to get in or something? Guys, I'm going to tell you something really fast. Creative finance is way easier than cash. Okay. So when you guys are buying cash, think about this. How many people have to be communicated to in a cash deal? Probably three to four times more people have to be communicated to. Hi, Corb. Did you sneak down here? Mom doesn't know you're down here. My little daughter's a little naughty girl. She just wants to be down here by her dad. You want to take my phone? Okay. You, you little knucklehead. Okay. If you hang out, you gotta, you gotta relax. Okay. Okay. Here you go. All right, so um, creative finance is way easier. Think about this. You go into a homeowner's house. Homeowner wants $100,000. Zillow says the house is worth $100,000. If I'm a wholesaler or an investor, I got to buy that deal at 40 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar for that to be a good deal for me. As a creative finance investor, I can pay $100,000, but I can do it without money out of my pocket. Which one do you think is easier? Negotiating to a seller that your house is only, I'm only going to give you 40, 50 cents on the dollar for your house or being a creative finance investor that I can still wholesale. This is the coolest thing about creative finance. I can wholesale a sub two, a seller finance, a Morby method, a lease option, any of these things, executory contracts. I can wholesale all of them. I can fix and flip all of them, okay? And I can buy and hold all of them except for the novation agreement. You don't hold novation agreements. For me, Creative finance all day long is 10 times easier, okay? Facebook user, I wish I knew your name. Okay, I know I'm way off subject, but what camera do you set up um, for this live? This is a Blackmagic 6K camera, okay? Robert says, I had a house I wanted to buy sub two. The house has a lot of equity, which made it hard for them to, hard to sell with them on it. Any tips on how to get someone to sell sub two when not distressed? Yeah, that's called a hybrid. So they're part seller finance, part subject to. It's a hybrid. Um, you need to learn how to do hybrid deals, okay? 
Pace, you mentioned before that you structure sub two deals so that if a buyer de defaults, the property automatically defaults to the seller and there's no need for foreclosure. Can you explain that more? Michelle, you need to give me a more specific question about where you're, what you're missing on that. <coughs> Sorry. Ooh, allergies. So Michelle, you got to tell me where you're lost on that. So I know my jumping off point. You got to give me a little bit more specifics on where you're lost, okay? Okay, so Mike says, okay, so, but as a single owner, who should I have signing at closing? I am set up through PCS. Great question. Okay, so you can have, for me, I have an attorney that a lot of times I'll spend, I'll give them 75 bucks or 150 bucks. I have them sign my final documents. Okay, you can see this on my LLC. My LLC, it'll show who the organizer is. My final closing documents don't say my name. They say my attorney's name or somebody who's acting in my stead. In my situation now that I have people on my team, it's the people that work for me that sign all those final closing documents. Great question. Okay. Very, very good for the paperwork. All right. Love that. Facebook user says, I can't see some of the messages. That's because you're on Facebook. Right now we're over here on YouTube. We have 800 people watching this live. So make sure that you guys come over to uh, youtube.com forward slash Pace Morby because that's where most of the people are hanging out, okay? How do I pull money out after repairs on creative finance deals? You know what? Let's do this. Let us let let me give you guys an invite button. As long as you guys promise to ask me questions regarding paperwork um, and how to do some of these deals, I will let you ask me questions behind the scenes. I'm giving you the StreamYard link. It's in the side chat. Come on here and let's ask and have a question. The problem is a lot of times... You guys um, don't know how to ask your question entirely that I can give you guys a perfect answer. I can give you a kind of answer, um, but what ha ends up happening, I watch this on Wholesale Hotline where we answer questions out of the comments. And what ends up happening is that I watch Jamil or Brent Daniels answer the question. I go, I don't think that was what they were asking, right? I don't think that, that that's what they were asking. So come on board, come in here. Uh, Dwayne, who is brand new to this, says, will this be recorded to watch again? Everything I do, Dwayne, is recorded to watch again. All right. Okay. Uh, Morgan Porter says, who is the best contact to start finding deals out of state? Wholesalers? I'm in Washington State. Tyler, you I know you have a question for me. You you texted me earlier. What do you got? Am I on? Are we working? Yeah, you're on. Yeah, you're on. What's up, bro? What's up, brother? How you doing? Great. Um, yeah. So I got a really weird situation. So a girl brought me a lead today mm -hmm. and the seller is in kind of a pickle. So, so you got a, You got a seller that has a loan at bank of America, hypothetically. Yeah. They then decide I want to go buy another house. So they go to bank of America and they get pre-qualified for a second loan yep. question I have, but I was driving around with my family, so I couldn't DM you back. Does the seller have a contingency of paying off that property in order to get the new loan, or did they actually get qualified for keep while keeping the loan in place? They got pre-qualified, but they said they need to sell that property. Okay, perfect. So what I would be doing is I would be going to the I would be going to their underwriter at that bank and say, we don't want to sell the property. We want to turn this into a rental property to offset the payment. What paperwork do you need from us to show that that payment has been offset? And the answer is no. The new bank loan will not 
cause a due on sale clause for the old, old bank loan. That will not happen. Okay. So basically we go to the lender and say, Hey, we want we to go to the underwriter. 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 The yeah. loan, I'm going to be very clear. Underwriters don't know anything about anything. I'm sorry. Loan officers don't know anything about anything. They're salespeople. I was a loan officer for two years. They're stupid. They're just salespeople. Okay. The person that actually knows things and navigates the transaction is the underwriter. That's the person that's going to say yes, no, or give you the paperwork or tell you what they want to see. So you tell the underwriter, hey, what if I want to keep this property and turn it into a rental? What do I need to show you to offset the debt to income? L Larry Jeffrey says, not all. Can we guess what Jer Larry Jeffrey does for a living? I'm just kidding. I had a good conversation with Larry this morning. Um, he's right. 99% of loan, 99% of any profession is a bunch of knuckleheads. It's very much, it's very much the 1% of anything. Insurance salespeople, um, uh, loan officers, title companies, attorneys, it's everybody. CPAs, it's everybody. Everybody is the same thing. 99% of everybody is horrible. 1% of people are actually masters of their craft. The under, the underwriter is the person that actually makes the decision. Okay. So Go to the underwriter with huh? them, tell them to say, hey, we want to turn this into a rental. What do we need to do to get the DTI taken yep. off? So you got to ask yourself this question, okay? Ask yourself this question. How do landlords go out and buy 10 properties in their personal name? Are they making like $700,000 a year to justify that? No. No. It's because they go to their underwriter and they say, I want to keep this last one as a rental. How do I do that and get qualified for this next one? And the 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 um, underwriter goes, oh, it's not a secondary, it's not a second home, no problem. We'll have that. We'll turn that that. Here's how we offset this. We've done this over four hundred times, Tyler. You've heard me talk about this about fifty times, probably. Yeah. You're just now interface for it with it for the first time, so now it's it's finally become important to you. Well, the thing is, I didn't know you go to the same lender. I thought it had yeah. to be a different lender. Nope, doesn't have to be the same lender. None of that. Again, the underwriter, the loan officer that are issuing the loan have nothing to do with a previous loan. It's not even in a similar department. All those people are salespeople. That's it. They're, they're a salesperson and somebody who's issuing a loan or essentially underwriting a loan. Okay. So um, not even close to the same department. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even have a faint clue whether somebody took that house over subject to. Got it. Check this out before I hop off. Um, so this deal, it's in Mesa, it's in like North Mesa, right off the 202 purchase price is 615 ARV is probably like seven or probably 675 now. Um, going to give them 45,000 down 10 to the, uh, wholesaler that brought it to me, no payments on the equity for five years and then $250 payments until it's paid off. There you go, guys. So he just described a, a hybrid deal. So um, what I teach our students, Tyler is one of our great students. He's a mastermind student as well, is when you have a seller that has a bunch of equity, you create a secondary agreement with them. First agreement is he takes over the existing sub two loan. Second agreement is that he says, hey, you've got all this equity, but because I'm giving you the number and a down payment towards your house, I'm asking you to not have any payments on your equity for five years. What a great way to structure that, Tyler. Great job. Thank you. I learned from the best. Well, you you're t you take action. It's what I freaking love about you and your partner. You guys are amazing. Well, you got to. 
Uh, James Gamble says, why do sellers take no equity for a few years? Well, because here's what you have to understand about sellers. They care more about the top line number than they care about anything else. They want to make sure they sold their house for the appropriate number. Okay. They also know that the market's going to take a, a tumble. And they also, guess what? Tyler probably didn't even have to beat this, this seller up. They probably have been trying to sell the house for quite some time and they're having a hard time doing it. And so the market beat up that seller before Tyler ever had to enter into the conversation. Yep. He solved a problem they couldn't solve without Tyler. That's the long and short of it. And basically the reason why they're doing that is they don't even care about the purchase price. They actually want to move because they're, I think their kids just moved back into their house and the house is too small for the kids. So they have a, another house that they're looking at to buy that's six beds and they need to get out of this one. And so they didn't care about the payments. They didn't care about the price. They just wanted the money down. And I said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, then I'm not going to make payments for five years. And then I'll start with no, no, uh, no interest on the payments to you in five years as well. I freaking love it. Good work, bro. So go go to the underwriter. Come back to me when you when you get that done, and I'll give I'll give you the next steps. Cool, awesome, thank you. Good to see you, brother. Crystal, you are the first person with your camera actually on. Mike Weston, Kevin, um, a bunch of you guys don't have your cameras on, so I don't call on people who don't have their cameras on because I don't know if your camera is working, and then I'll run into a whole bunch of situations where I'm like, turn your camera on, turn your audio on. So guys, please make sure, okay, please make sure you are turning your cameras on, Crystal. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Did you have a question for me or did you just click on the link and go, uh, what's this link? You offered for? it on the YouTube live. So I jumped in. Yeah. The, the link that I give out is for you guys to come in and chat with me. Cause what I find is a lot of times people ask questions in the side comments and because they don't have the ability to just type out and there's no, like, um, you can't really get your inflection across through typing. I'm like, Hey, come in here and let's have a conversation about your, your deal or your problem rather than typing it in the side chat. Okay. <laughs> I was in Gator earlier and I'm just trying to absorb as much as I possibly can. What market are you in? Where, where do you live? I live in Denver. Amazing market. We have a lot of amazing students in Denver. Yeah. I know a few of them been hanging out with them. Love it. Fort Collins. We've got a bunch of, I've got a deal going on in Fort Collins right now. We're going to be coming up to Colorado probably in about two, three months. Hope, hopefully I can see you up there. Yes, I will be there. Awesome. Good seeing you. Thanks. Randy Steadwell. Hey, hi, how's it going? Really, really good. You've got your earbuds in, but your earbuds are not picking up your audio. It's your computer, I think, is picking up your audio. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Which is all good. It's no, no big deal. Do you have a question for me tonight or did you just click on the link? So I, I do have a question and they answered it a little bit in the chat, but um, I wanted to know your opinion on it. The <laughs> difference with seller finance and land contract and when to use one versus the other. Great question. Okay, so here's the difference between seller finance and a land contract. The reality is a land contract is seller finance under the umbrella of seller finance. Okay, so a lot mm -hmm. of people will confuse those things. And they'll go, oh, it's different. Technically, they are different. Okay, but everything in creative finance actually is seller finance. Everything is. Novation okay. agreements are seller finance. Lease options are seller finance. All of these things fall under the umbrella of seller finance. More specifically, 
It's called an executory contract. It's not called a land contract at a high level. Okay, so your individual state calls them land contracts, but my state doesn't call them land contracts. We call them agreement for sale. In Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. they call them bond for deed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that phrase is called an executory contract. Okay, so do you have a car loan, Randy? Yes. Okay, so you have a car loan. You owe money on your car, right? Yes. Okay, do you, do you know that, that you bought that technically on a land contract? Yeah. Okay. Because they're holding the title, even though the title has your name on it, they're holding the title at for security. They don't release that to you until you sell it, refinance it, or until you pay them all the way off. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a land contract. So essentially the benefit of a land contract is that the uh, person who's issuing or selling the property to you gets to have a higher level of security. Hold on a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. So seller finance benefits seller finance. The biggest difference is that you receive what as the buyer, what do you get in return that makes it a pure seller finance deal? You get uh, the deed in your name. Yeah. Yes. Very unlike the car situation where you have a car loan, you drive the car is the car lender, the owner, or are you the owner? Uh, when you have the deed, you are the owner. Okay, but in a land contract, that is not correct. That's correct, yeah. A land you, contract. You have interest. You have legal ownership of the property. The deed, the title, all of those things have already technically been issued. They just have not been recorded. Okay? Mm. So you are the owner in a executory contract. But in a seller finance, you hold the deed. It's public record. You can pull up your name. You have deed of that property. That is a pure mm -hmm. seller finance deal. Okay, an executory contract, same thing, except in an executory contract, okay, remember an executory contract is um, all of these things, right? Deed, um, sorry, bond for deed. That one's pretty rare, but bond for deed, installment sale. Mm -hmm. Okay, Arizona, we call them agreement for sale. Okay. Okay, um, land contract, contract for deed. All of these things are literally the exact same thing, but just a different state, okay? Just to be clear. Okay, so yeah. the only thing... What's wrong? You're right, I'm sorry. You just, you just know all the answers. Don't worry. There you go. Okay, so in an executory contract, this benefits the seller, because whoever holds the deed and whoever controls the deed has more leverage, right? So they're controlling yeah. the deed. It doesn't mean their name is on the deed. Their name is on the deed, but you have already written um, in your agreement that you have control of the property. You can do what mm -hmm. you want with it. You get the appreciation, the depreciation. You get all the amazing, amazing things, okay? But why would this actually benefit you is from time to time, there are people like the HOA, people like the IRS, people like the state taxes, all sorts of situations where you're going through and you're going to buy a property from a seller, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's your seller. Here's their house. Seller has a first lien position with Wells Fargo, let's say, okay? Yep. They then have a second lien from the IRS of $200,000, 
They then have a third lien because of the HOA for $20,000. They then have their brother who gave them a personal loan. By the way, this is a very literal example, okay? Mm -hmm. They got a personal loan from somebody and that's in a fourth lien position. So they have four liens on the property. What if I want to buy this property sub two, but I don't want this person to know about it. I don't want this person to know about it. And I don't want this person to know about it until I'm ready for them to know about it. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I just gave you $100,000 of value right there in that answer. Yes, you did. You will literally never find that on YouTube or anywhere else on the, uh, on the internet th that breaks that down that way. That's why I wanted to ask. So when's the proper time? So okay. when the proper time is, is now I can acquire on a, an executory contract, but I can also dispo on an executory contract. So the person okay. who is the, the person selling, okay. Yep. Sometimes you're the buyer of an executory contract and sometimes you're the seller if you're going to sell it out on seller finance. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the seller is in a more powerful position. Okay. Okay. The other reason why you would buy on an executory contract is because some people who can't overcome the due on sale clause. Okay. The due on sale clause. If you guys go to Pace Morby YouTube and type in Pace Morby due on sale clause, I answer how to overcome the due on sale clause. But if you don't have powerful negotiating skills and you have a seller or an agent or somebody that says, what happens if the due on sale clause happens or the acceleration clause or da, 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 da. And the answer to that is executory contract. Acquire the property on an executory contract rather than sub two, rather than seller finance, because what happens is you control the deed. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. you control the asset, but the deed stays in limbo until you are ready for it to be executed. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? makes perfect sense. There you go. So, so awesome. all you knuckleheads out there that are worried about the do on sale clause, there's your answer. That's how you overcome that with your seller. One, get better at negotiating. Uh, two, if you have a seller or an agent that just doesn't understand stuff, then jump over to an executory contract. Nobody teaches exec executory contracts in real estate except for me. I don't know. I haven't met anybody mm -hmm. that teaches executory contracts. Okay. Now, I got to say one thing, and I want to say thank you to you, by, by the way. Um, you've inspired me to uh, create my how, how I run my Facebook group, and it's in it's Metro Detroit Off-Market Real Estate Group. And so what I do, like I'm trying to get where everybody helps each other out um, and try to keep any negativity away, things like that. Um, and... So what I'm also doing to add value to that is, is I'm going there live every Monday night at 8 p.m. And I'm interviewing everybody that I can find who will talk about real estate and also doing something like you're doing here, doing Q&A, answering questions, um, but also interviewing the person that I bring on. So um, it um, goes live, goes live to my group as well as my YouTube channel. I only have about 32 subscribers on my YouTube channel, so that's not big by any means. But, you know, I at least want to say thank you because you have inspired me to do that. I've been wholesaling for almost two years now. And uh, right now I do primarily JV deals, uh, help new wholesalers get into the business because Detroit is very, very hard to comp. And so I specialize in helping people to uh, you know, come to the market wholesaling and get things under contract. 
So um, you've inspired me to do that, by the way. So thank you. Um, you're welcome. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, at one point I had 39 subscribers on my YouTube channel as well. Yeah. You know, we all it's, had to pass that milestone. So keep going. It, it takes a while. It takes about a year to really gain momentum on YouTube. I had, I had somebody so rude to me today on my Instagram is so great. I love the rude people. Um, this guy DMs me and he asked me a question. He's like, Hey, how do I get a, how do I, where does the money come from to get a sub two deal done? If it requires a down payment, I go, Oh, it comes from private money lenders. Mm -hmm. And he replies back in like just a, like an asshole. And he says, Oh, okay. So isn't this the guy that used to drive people around in his car and help them for free? Where's that guy? <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, you're, that's such an ambiguous, non-specific answer. I'm like, what do you expect me to do, dude? I, every Sunday night I have gone live for like three years mm -hmm. for an hour and a half to sometimes three hours to help people for free. And you got to come and attack me and my guys, you wouldn't believe the DMS you get. You get a lot of just idiot DMS. And the guy's like, where's that guy? So I re reply back. And this is the reason I'm bringing it up. Okay. I said, um, here's the problem. I've spent over, pro I think we're at a point right now where we've probably spent $1.6 million on our YouTube channel. Legitimately spent that much money. Wow. E equipment, editing, mm -hmm. right? Flying to the houses that I own to, sh to shoot. We literally spent five grand on one video to go and interview a seller. This, this was so poorly done. I was so pissed off about it. But this is the kind of lessons that you learn. I'll show you this real fast. You'll appreciate this because you're on your journey. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, so I, I care so much about providing value to people that I will go spend money to interview a seller of why are you selling this house to me for $0 down 4% interest, et cetera. Okay. So I have this great video. I just, I just put, had my team repost it for a second time because they did it so poorly the first time. And I'm not even quite sure if they did it better or worse the second time, but okay. this it just happens. You, you spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. 11, 11 days ago. Nobody, here's the thing is nobody cares about anything if it doesn't benefit them. Okay. Right. So like, look at this, you'll see the videos that are like, okay, if it's salacious or false advertising, mm -hmm. then people will watch it. Okay. Or if it's like, um, oh, there it is. This is the, this is the video he made a comment about. Cause I was talking about I used to drive people around in my car, which I don't do that anymore. I will randomly do it. I did it about a month and a half ago. I drove people on like a mm -hmm. um, five or six hour um, road trip and just picked three random people. Yeah. But um, people do not care mm -hmm. about anything unless it benefits them, which is perfectly fine. And I'm okay with that. But mm -hmm. there's this one video I did where I just redid it. Let's see. Um, Not sub two car, man. We spent we spend so much money on this channel. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so like this one, right? I pay. I paid an agent on a sub two deal, and then I had to. I had basically had to pay her for a testimonial just to get this video because so many people ask me a question of like, how do agents get paid on it on a creative finance deal? So I'm like, okay, well, I better make a video about that, and I harassed this agent for a month. People mm -hmm. do not understand how much freaking time and energy it takes to harass people to make one stupid video, right? Yep. 
Um, let's see here. Okay, here it is. No, that's 400. This video was so poorly shot, but I spent five grand to make it, maybe more than that. Oh, here we go. Why would a seller sell on seller finance? Okay. So here's this YouTube video. My team doesn't put, he's the guy speaking. Oops, my bad. The guy is speaking in such a heavy accent and they of mm -hmm. course don't put any subtitles on anything. You don't, you don't see anything. My team yeah. didn't turn the camera sideways. I flew to Texas with my video guy to make this video to answer mm -hmm. this question. Why would a seller sell on seller finance? I remember watching this video. I watch all your content. So <laughs> it's phenomenal information. Yeah. But it cost me $5,000 and my team did such a piss poor job of it. Wow. So bad. You know, it's a learning, learning experience. And I, yes. I was like, okay, well, I got to point the finger at me, all that kind of stuff. It means the world to me when people are like, hey, I was inspired by this. I'm like, yeah, I, thank you. Because I don't think people realize how much time and energy we put in this YouTube channel to help people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I, it, dude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping people. You. You'll, you'll, you'll get way past me. You'll beat me. You'll get to 200,000. I, and I know how much it takes to get to do all of it because I actually used to be a, a photographer. And a, um, so I used to do commercial work a lot. I did it for about 10 years. So um, I'm 39. I know I don't look like it, but I, I, I'm on my third career right now. And that's not real estate right now. So I do yeah. a day. I have a day job, a nine to five. Yeah. That, so. Having a nine to five is great. See, and even Mark, like I, we spent millions of dollars to like help people. And the first thing that people's thought process is like, yeah, that agent interview was horrible too. It's like, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> we fight so hard to like, like give you guys value and do things for people. It is so freaking hard, man. It is. It's so hard to like really help people out. Yeah. And, and you just got to fight through it, dude. There's just, you're yeah. going to have 95% of people have gratitude in their hearts and they get the information that nobody else gave them. And 5% of people just turn into complete assholes and mm -hmm. they're just going to pull you down, negate you. And then you go, this is what you do. You go, I am so grateful that you showed me how hateful you are. So mm -hmm. I never have to deal with you ever again in the future. Most definitely. It's the best. I, I'm yep. so grateful to people that are hateful. Yep. So, yeah, and, and your Jack is right. You, you can't please everyone. No. Um, but so. thank you for that. Great, great question. Uh, maybe I'll do an executory contract training uh, on Sunday service at some point. So I can give you guys a little bit more in-depth knowledge. The, ch the challenge with creative finance is you guys can't get this stuff in like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. it, my sub two students know that like it literally takes just on sub two. I probably have a good 60 to 70 zooms just about mm -hmm. sub two. That, that's not seller finance, lease options, hybrids. That's not wraps. That's not novation agreements, dating contracts, Morby methods, none of that stuff. It requires right. so much more than just a podcast on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But good job. Bro. Keep, keep doing Thank your you. thing. Make sure you put your, uh, your Facebook group in the side so people can join. Awesome. I definitely will. Cool. Mike Weston. What's up, dog? <coughs> hey there, Pace. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How can I help you? Oh, I first want to say thank you and thank you to the sub two community. I've uh, been a student for just a little over a month now, and everybody's been so awesomely helpful. People have jumped on calls with uh, callers for me. 
And so my question is, uh, we did submit a uh, offer for a seller finance deal and there was a for sale by owner agent involved that kind of uh, didn't help the situation very much. But one of the things she said that I had a question about, she said our offer for 0% interest is below the APR. Um, but the question, the part she said, which may present serious tax issues for the buyer and seller. Does okay, so there's a, there's something called imputed imputed interest, Mike. I'll talk to you about it this this week in in um on Tuesday. Come to my Q and A on Tuesday night. Okay, and I'll break down imputed interest for you. Okay, because that's what's they're, that's what they're referencing. Gotcha. Um, the IRS gives a guideline, not a requirement, but gives a gives a guideline for charging interest on a seller finance deal. Okay, and the interest rate they say um, what's the purchase price on the deal? Uh, it was, uh, 399.9. Okay, cool. So there's a couple of ways to mitigate this. Number one, don't care about it. That's number one. Okay. I, the, where I learned this stuff, Mike was actually from a CPA that sold his house to me, 0% interest. And I was like, aren't you worried about imputed interest? And he was like, you show me one time the IRS has ever slapped somebody's wrist or done anything and gone after this guideline. It doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. Stop worrying about it. I was like, Really? And he goes, really? So we sat down for about two hours and he showed me all his experience. He's like, I've sold over 40 properties on 0% seller finance. All I care about is if my property is worth um, X, I want X times 1.25. I want 25% over my retail value and I'll sell my house to you at 0% interest every day of the week. And yeah. I go, okay, great. So I, I learned it from him and then I went and, and um, uh, uh, doubled down with attorneys and, and touch base on all that kind of stuff. But it's imputed interest. The IRS has a guideline, okay? And the guideline says that the a seller, anything over $150,000 needs to be charged at one point, uh, I think it's currently 1.5 or 1.9% interest, okay? Not sure. So okay. the agent, I don't know where the agent's getting that, but there's no way that that agent got that information from themselves, okay? Agents don't even know how to comp deals and value real estate, let alone imputed interest. Okay, so that must have that might have come from their broker, right? They might have taken the contract, gone to their broker and said, blah, 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 blah. And the broker might have come back and said, well, no, they need to be charging interest. So first and foremost, Mike, what I, I know you're new to sub two, but what I teach is I don't ever say 0% seller finance in any of my offers. We always say principal only payments. Okay, when people see 0% seller finance, it triggers something in them. Make sure you say principal only payments. It goes away from the percentage conversation every day of the week. Got it. Okay, so come in on, um, what I would do is come over um, come over on Tuesday night and I'll break down imputed interest to you for a little bit more, okay? Sounds awesome, definitely appreciate it. Good job. Sure. It feels good to submit an offer at, at principal only, right? It really does, I'm ready to do some more. It's crazy. Yeah, you need to be submitting an offer a day, man. You'll be buying deal buying a deal a week. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, I'll see you on Tuesday. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, GN Lasher, he says, Pace, thank you for answering my DM question. Happy uh, with my first Sunday service. We'll be joining weekly now. Uh, he's the guy that asked the question at the beginning, like, hey, will you call my sellers for me? I, I, I don't do that anymore for people unless I'm the one buying the deal. Uh, Project Funding says, Pace, can I show you how to get $20,000 cash money out of each deal using tax credit within two to four weeks of each deal using this money for entry fees, new creative, new creative creativity. DM me. 
let's talk about it. I've heard of this kind of stuff and I've not seen anybody that's been able to scale it. So DM me, let's have a conversation. Okay, please. Um, okay, somebody says, how do I join as a sub two student? This is what I always tell people. I said the sub two mentorship is sold out in most areas. Um, if you guys want to get in, you either have to get a referral from another student. So connect with students or there's a link to see if there's an opening in the side chat. Okay. Um, all right. Dahlia. Dahlia, are you having a party at your house right now? No. Okay. <laughs> there's people here, but no parties. How can I help you? Do you have a question or did you just want to hang out in the backstage? I'm sorry. I was just listening. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. So guys, um, this is what happens sometimes when I give out a link. Some people are like, Hey, I'm just, I, I'm already listening right now, but I'm going to come in and listen behind the backstage. You got it. If you guys get the question for the backstage, then you really need to make sure you have a question. Okay. All right. Um, how do we get into the Q and a you're a little bit late for that. I'm wrapping up in like 14 minutes. Okay. So here's, here's going back to the paperwork conversation. Okay. We answered a bunch of questions about paperwork and all of that kind of stuff. But here are the types of contracts that you guys are going to want to worry about. Okay. You've got sub two, seller finance, lease options, novations, dating contracts, Morby method, cash transactions, hybrid. That's what Tyler brought up a little bit earlier and executory contracts. Okay. So I'll tell you when you're doing a deal with an agent, when you're doing a deal with an agent, all of these contracts are going to actually need the first contract needs to be the agent's state contract, okay? Common question. Agent is going to say to you, well, I can't have my client sign these contracts, okay? So when you're working with, a, with an agent, these contracts actually become an addendum to their state required contract, okay? Because what's gonna happen is their broker is going to require their state contract to be utilized, okay? Oh, all right. We got some. We got some questions, guys. Are you, do you Michael? Do you have a, a question? Give me a thumbs up. No, he doesn't. We got people coming in here that don't have questions that come into. Um... Okay, here we go. Marcus says, "Pace, any tips for trying to negotiate terms with high volume sellers like Open Door? I'm trying to pull my first deal together. So, Marcus, I wouldn't waste my time." with um, Open Door on creative finance offers. They actually are a publicly traded company. They have what is called a thesis, T-H-E-S-I-S. -E a thesis is how people do business. And a publicly traded company can't change their thing. Hot. Okay. Can you help me? Okay, so a, a publicly traded company can't change the way they're doing business, okay? Because they raise private capital from big companies. In fact, when I was working with Open Door about eight or nine years ago, I remember them bragging to me that they had just raised $300 million in one meeting with, with uh, Wells Fargo. So when they're borrowing money from Wells Fargo to build this multi-multi-billion dollar company, they can't change the way they acquire or sell deals. And they definitely can't convey, they can't, convert their cash deals into creative finance deals because now you're running into legalities of changing your entire business model, going back to the way that you raised money through a PPM, a private placement memorandum that they actually have to come in and say, this is our business strategy. This is how we, we offer things. Okay. 
Munif says, open door is going out of business. I would highly, be I believe that, okay? Okay, I believe that, okay? Um, I think that, that there's, a, there's a possibility. In fact, we, let me Google that real fast. I wonder, if the, I wonder if there's a way to Google and be like, is, uh, yo, are these idiots going out of business? It would be really interesting to see that happen because it's like everybody's been talking about this for a long time with them. Literally eight or nine years, people are like, how are they do making money? And I'm like, they're not making money. They're raising money. Like there's a big difference. Let's see. Open door going out of, ooh, top result. Oh my gosh. Open door reports losses of 42% of August deals. Are you? Holy smokes. Open door technology reported it lost money on 42% of transactions in August as the housing market falters for builders, flippers, and others looking to sell houses. Bloomberg wrote, Open door has warned investors that it thinks it will lose as much as $175 million in adjusted earnings before taxes, depreciation, and amortization in the third quarter. The losses don't include fees charged to customers or expenses. Open door is going to. Da, 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 da. This comes after Open Door has faced a fine from the Federal Trade Commission over reportedly tricking consumers or customers into thinking they could make more money selling their homes to open. Oh my gosh. The FTC fines Open Door $62 million. Oh my word, bro. Wow. Anybody want to read this article? Let me give this to you. Holy crap. That's interesting. They are definitely that if, if they freaking make that, if they make it, bro, you guys want to hear something interesting? 17% of our listings in Maricopa County are open door owned. 17% of listings. It's crazy. Uh, Donovan says, I remember when Sharon Brown from Open Door called me and scolded me for selling me, me them selling them so many properties and told me wholesalers were the scum of the earth. <laughs> okay, so uh, Maj says, does that mean we buy properties that Open Door currently owns? I think you guys could probably lowball them, but they're not going to sell to you on terms. They're going to sell to you on cash. You need to lowball them, lowball them, lowball them. Okay. Um, Helen says, major sidetrack. Yeah, sometimes that's what happens. Right. Sometimes that's what happens on a live Zoom or a live uh, podcast. Um, really interesting. Super interesting that that's the case. All right. Cool. So when you're when you're doing deals with an agent, okay, you guys are going to run into agents, and the agent um, is going to represent that seller and their house. Okay. This agent is required by law to use their in Arizona. We call it the um, the arm armless contract or just the Arizona standard contract, this is a contract that the agent is required to use, okay? So what you'll end up doing is you'll end up doing a standard armless contract right here, boom, boom, boom. And when it sells, says the sales price or it says any of those types of things, you'll want to say see attached, okay? And then your documents, okay? These are the documents that are required for a sub two transaction is you will then have a sub two contract, Okay, that's one addendum. 
second addendum you'll end up having is you'll have a sub two acknowledgement. Okay, disclosure doc. This is about three or four pages. You'll then have a POA, power of attorney. This is very critical. You have a power of attorney for the mortgage. And you'll also have a power of attorney for the insurance, power of attorney for insurance. Okay, now you'll have these documents. And then what will end up happening is you'll, these are required documents that you need to have with a sub two seller finance deal, novation agreement, all these types of things. Okay, instead of it being called a sub two contract, it'd be called a seller finance contract. Instead of it being called a sub two acknowledgement, it's a seller finance acknowledgement. Now, here's what you need to understand is that the, other things like the performance deed. You guys will hear me call talk about the performance deed. Okay, performance deed or deed in lieu. Okay, or the um, other documents. Uh, let's see, what, what other documents? The note and deed of trust, right? So the note and deed of trust. These documents are actually created by the title company. or the closing attorney, depending on what state you're in, okay? Oh, Crystal says, uh, sorry, Pace, a lot of us didn't know how the backstage work. <laughs> no worries, uh, absolutely no worries. Um, National Association of Realtors Forum, the NAR Forum. Yep, that is correct. So they they will be required to use that NAR form. So when you're working with agents and you're doing a creative finance deal and they go, well, we need to use my contract. I get a lot of people that are students are like, no, no, no. I was told to only use my mentor's contract, my a Pace Morby's contract. While you are correct, you just need to understand that when you're working with an agent, you need to make sure that you use their contract as the main foundation and then everything else added upon that is an addendum, okay? Um, why, what do you? Why do you keep doing that? All right. Such a cutie. All right. So here, here's what I'm going to do. This next, this next Sunday, I'm actually bringing in a um, escrow officer of mine. Okay. I'm doing an, I'm bringing in my escrow officer. We're actually going to walk through the paperwork next Sunday. So mark your calendars next Sunday. We're going to be doing that. Um, I will be bringing in my escrow officer in my Arizona title company. She will be walking through and showing you guys step-by-step-by-step by step by step on the mindset, or not the mindset, but the mind map of we open escrow, we then do this, we then do this, we then do that, and we walk through and, and uh, bring you guys that entire thing. David Williams, do we still need the addendum in states like Arizona? You need the addendum everywhere, David. You need the addendum in every state, okay? Uh, Elaine says, Pace. I thought you were going to be in Salem next Sunday. I will be in Salem next Sunday. But it doesn't mean my escrow officer can't come into Sunday service with my partner, Cody, who has the night off tonight, right? Don't worry. I got it managed. I know I know how to run my own podcast. I know how to do my own stuff. We've been doing this for three years. We know a thing or two, all right? Um, the addendum not only protects you guys, the addendum is a requirement for you to do the deal. If you are not, if you are just using the NAR contract, you are going to hate your life a year later, six months later, et cetera, okay? Elaine says, we'll be there. And by the way, it will be recorded. 
So anybody, anybody that doesn't know about my uh, speaking s- schedule or travel schedule, and you guys want to come to like meetups and all that kind of stuff, um, let me make sure I drop this in here for you guys, and I'll show you where to go to see it, okay? So check this out. Dude, Munif, that was interesting. You just opened up my eyes about this open door thing, dude. I haven't even been keeping tabs on open door in like, I don't know, six months. I haven't even cared about them. All right, so right here, guys, if you go to that, if you go to that link, it's a Shorby link, and you'll click on the very top one. If you guys want to register for the Elephant Challenge, it's down here. If you guys want to watch our TV show, it's here. If you want to watch our YouTube channel, it's there. I hope you guys are subscribers of the YouTube channel. Here are the places we've already visited this year. Okay, so many people DM me and they go, when are you coming to Miami? I'm like, I've been to Miami three times this year. When are you coming to Vegas? I've been to Vegas five times this year. When are you coming to Coraline, Idaho? I've already been. Fort Collins, San Antonio, Austin, twice. Atlanta, five times. New New York, New Jersey. These are areas we've already been in the last eight, nine months. Okay? So we are, um, we've got a meetup this Thursday. There's the link. That's in Arizona. Golden ticket event for sub two students only. We're doing a a Halloween-themed golden ticket event. Boston, Massachusetts, right here. Here is the itinerary right here, okay? Being ran by Suzanne Sharkey and Justin Tumanowski. I then have the Elephant Challenge the following week. I will be in Orlando the week after that. I then will be in Texas right here for my private investors, Dallas, San Angelo, Corpus Christi, Houston, Arizona. I'm going to be doing my sub two mastermind, my last one for a very long time. This one's been sold out for like six months or something like that. Um, and then we've got Fresno, California. That's coming up November 19th and 20th. Elephant Challenge again. Arizona Sells Boot Camp. All this. Anyway, you guys get it. I'll be in, let's see, Elephant Challenge, Arizona Boot Camp, Golden Ticket Event. This one's going to be great for any of you sub two students. Make sure that you guys are emailing Melissa to get on the list. Um, we're going to pull everybody in the Facebook group, the private sub. My, my daughter's crazy, guys. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so then I'll be in all the Hawaiian Islands. We're going to be bouncing around from December 20th to January 2nd. Okay, Arizona MenaceCon, that's going to be a, a big, amazing event. Miami, I'll be there January 19th through the 22nd. Temecula, California, um, big community family reunion at the real estate campfire. That's mine and Jamil's event. It's going to be cool. And then these are the places that we are planning on visiting coming up very soon. Detroit, Los Angeles. Actually, Los Angeles is happening right here, December 17th and 18th. Okay, so I should delete that. Detroit, Michigan, Portland, Salem, uh, Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Seattle, Denver, Colorado, Boise, Albuquerque, Kansas City, Oklahoma City, Memphis, New Orleans, DMB, New York, New Jersey again. Chicago, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cleveland, Lexington, Minneapolis, and Puerto Rico. All right. So we are going to be traveling all over the country the next 12 months. So please make sure you guys tune in for that. There is the link to see those dates. Yep. Puerto Rico. We will be going to Puerto Rico. I want to see my boy, uh, Jerry Norton. We're going to do a meetup over there. All right. Okay, cool, guys. We will do extended walkthrough on some of the paperwork for next week. I will be bringing in my escrow officer. I uh, appreciate you guys for Sunday service. 
and uh, hope that you guys have an amazing week. For those of you guys that I will see at the sub two or the Keegley meetup on Thursday, the golden ticket event on Friday and Salem and Boston, Massachusetts on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Look forward to hanging out with you guys. I'll see you soon. Oh.